Hello and welcome to episode number eight of the Emerald Conversations. I'm Jer Sweeney and this series comprises a number of interviews that I have conducted for my website, emeraldconnection.net. The interviews are with people who are involved with music, the arts, entertainment, community, business and in some cases politics in Ireland or within Irish communities across the world. Along with their release on the Emerald Connection, I have used some of them as part of a weekly Irish radio programme that I present on an English-speaking radio station in Spain called Talk Radio Europe. In this episode of the Emerald Conversations, I talk to legendary singer, songwriter and musician Barry McCabe. Barry is from Virginia in County Cavan and has spent his adult life travelling the world, playing music, entertaining people, gathering stories and making great memories. Barry, good to talk to you. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks a million. Nice to talk to you too, Joe. It's great to catch up with you. And it was our good friend PJ Curtis that uh, put me in touch with you because PJ uh, was instrumental in getting you, pardon the pun, uh, getting you on the road. I think he produced, was it your first demo? Absolutely. That's probably going back to about the mid 80s or something. He came in. I was a big fan of his House of R&B show and, and we got to know each other. And he was kind enough to come in and help us with our first demo. And we've basically stayed in touch ever since. And he has been he has been a great mentor and a great help to me mm. over the years. He is to so many people. And when you say he helped us, who did he help? The band at that time was called Albatross. Right. Uh, that was a little three-piece, uh, kind of a power blues band, very much along the, 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 the style of Rory Gallagher. Right. And then later... PJ again was instrumental in putting me in touch with Davy Spillane, Aye. and did it. And then I did an album with with blues with with Eel and Pipes on it. And then I changed to just using my own. We travelled under my name then from then on. Okay, very good. And can I ask you, growing up in Virginia in County Cavan, the musical influences? Who were you influenced by? Uh, I suppose Horselips was a huge influence at that time. In the sense, also not only were they doing something new. But they they sort of stayed based in Ireland for a long time, and they were going around doing all the ballrooms. Right. And prior to that, the only thing, well, of course, Rory. I heard Rory on the radio and got into him when I was only about fourteen or so. Mm. And the only other thing you would have would would be the the groups like Cromwell or or the Freshmen or whatever that were doing the ballroom scene. That was the only chance that we had at that time to to see any sort of rock music. The rest was just basically country and western show bands. That'd be about right, yeah. And, and, and <laughs> you remember that, and, and particularly up around that neck of the woods, they were there were like you know a dime a dozen, weren't they? Those bands. Yes, indeed. And then we had a lot of the, the bands would come down from the north as well. Mm. Great, great bands like the Platterman and and so on and so forth. But yeah, yeah, it it was very active there. Cavan, Leitrim, uh, they, they, they danced their shocks off. There's no doubt about <laughs> it. Indeed. And what age were you when you decided that music was the way that you wanted to go? Well, from I heard Rory, I, it, it was in the back of my head, you know. So that was 14, 15. And then I got an acoustic guitar. And then we formed Albatross in Virginia. And strangely enough, we were very successful in our own area. Right. And it just developed from there. Then I moved to Dublin. Got got a couple of other fellas. Then we went abroad in around '84. I think was the first trip to France, and that's when I because we went abroad 
and people reacted still very positively to the music, I thought, right. this is it. You know, we'd read about Rory in, in Hamburg and the Beatles in Hamburg. Mm. So at that stage, you couldn't stop me. I was gone. And they say that you shouldn't meet your heroes, but Rory Gallagher was obviously a hero of yours. And not only that, but you supported him on his last European tour. Talk to me about that. Well, yes, it's true what you say. Sometimes you shouldn't. But I mean, Rory was just a real sweet guy. And I knew him quite well anyway from going to see them so often. My, okay. my face just kept popping up. So <laughs> he, he kind of knew who I was. And then one time he was playing in Hamburg in Germany and we came along to see him. And he, he, he was, you know, said, oh, what are you doing over here? And I said, well, I've kind of chucked the day job and I'm now doing it the way you done it. And, and just and he was very impressed with that. And we became good friends after that. Well, good friend. We became closer. Right. And then a couple of years after that, our agent in Holland got a support to Rory in the famous Paradiso Club in Amsterdam. Yes. yes. And that was just, I mean, I, I've said this several times to people, but I, I never tire of saying it because it was just one of those great moments because we were a little three piece and he was a three piece. They didn't have to change much on the stage, you know, okay. from the support band to the main act. So I was literally standing in the middle of the stage, singing into the same microphone that he was going to sing into wow. when he came out with the two wedge monitor sitting each side of me. And I just, I had one of those moments where you just stop and kind of go, Wow, yeah, this is great. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that, huh? That was a, that was a real good point, yeah. Oh, well, and you said he was he was a joy to work with. Yes, and his brother managed him, Donal. And, I mean, they, they, they were always very kind, very helpful to support bands and everything. There was no airs and graces about them. Hmm. I, I knew the band. I knew Jerry. I knew Brennan. And, and, and Mark, Mark Feltham, who played harmonica with them, uh, was kind enough to come along and play a harmonica on an album of mine later. Wow. So that, that's how, how friendly the whole thing was at one stage, you know. Now, the you mentioned um, Davy Spillane's name. Davy would be world-renowned Ilan Piper. And I've heard a couple of tracks from the album, The Peace Within. And you mentioned that Horse Lips was an influence, you know, would have been heavily influencing you at the time as well. There's a Horse Lips sound to it and there's a Planksty kind of a sound to it. But Davey and yourself worked um, quite a bit, did you? Well, we did that album. I mean, Davey at that time, I think, wasn't doing an awful lot of live work. So that, okay. was, that was never really uh, on the cards. But for starters, he was only supposed to do two tracks on the album. And then we ended up moving the whole thing over to his studio and then the more he heard the album, the more he was willing to to kick in more and more. Right. And we ended up, I think he's he's on at least half the album or something. And he brought Brilliant. he brought a great different perspective to the whole thing. That was another great great moment. It's amazing uh, when you take a very pure instrument like the Elan pipes and you and you put it together with you know amplified guitars and other instruments, and it just really it, it does mix, doesn't it? Yeah, that was the funny thing. You see, I suppose roots music, whether it's folk or or Irish or whatever, blues, there there is a certain basic to all of them, and we kind of found that from him coming from his side and being very willing to move into blues yeah. and rock, which he had already done on his own album with PJ. We noticed that it wasn't it, it was doable. Let's put it that way. Right. And and who who better than him? I mean, he is. It, what an open mind. He just jumped right into it and, and, and went for it. You know, it was a joy. Would it be true to say that if you're a musician and you play a certain type of music that you would understand or you would appreciate all types of music? I would like to think so. Hmm. And I would like to think that I have a reasonably open mind musically. But Davey's just off the charts. He, he, he knows so much about all sorts of different kinds. I'd say... 
by and large, yes. I right. mean, I don't know much about heavy metal or grunge or something like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, as long as music is, is kind of melodic or there's a song that tells a story, you know, whether it's jazz or, or folk or blues, I, I have no problem with, with any of that, you know. Are you doing live gigs at the moment still or have you pulled back on that? No, I stopped doing live work a, a couple of years ago. Okay. 35 years was it was a long old stretch at it. It was. And I had I had probably done most of everything that I had set out to do and it just seemed like the right time to kind of take a little bit of a back seat and and let, let the next generation at it or whatever, you know. <laughs> and are you still writing? Yes, I am. Oh, yeah, great. yeah. I've, I've I've just released a, a new single, which is actually about my hometown. It's called My Hometown, Virginia. And prior to that, I had, together with the guy who helped me with that single, we did the soundtrack for a documentary. So yes, I'm still still busy with music, but uh, just not not going out live. Looking at your bio page uh, on your website, you've played all over the world. Do you know how many countries you've played in? Oh, I'd have no idea. No, really? No, <laughs> quite, quite a few. Right, and, yeah. And, and, and of all those countries, we went round them so many times that I used to laugh and say, I think we knew the country better than half the locals at one stage. <laughs> I'm, I'm particularly mm. drawn to a paragraph about a special tour that you undertook an extensive tour of the Netherlands playing 12 concerts in 12 days in all of the 12 provinces. Tell me about that. That was for War Child. I I can't remember how that idea came about to match them together with the tour. Something must have triggered it. And we had, um, I think it was just we were supposed to shoot over for a weekend gigs in Holland. And then this idea came together and and we contacted them and they were very interested in it because they they do a lot with, with music and musicians. And um, I have no idea how the idea came right. up, but suddenly suddenly it was there on the paper and we said, you know what, this is such a crazy idea, let's do it. So it, it'd be like, okay, luckily enough, they have only 12 provinces here, which is kind of the equivalent to counties at home. So mm. I'm happy I, didn't, <laughs> happy I didn't try it at home. <laughs> and down through the years, as you were playing, as you were writing, as you were singing and recording, did new people come on the scene that you would have taken an influence from? I'm not sure I know what you mean. What um, are, for instance, when you started out, you would have had Horselips, would have, you would have drawn inspiration from them, from Rory Gallagher. Are there any artists that have come along in the 90s or in the noughties or indeed the last 10 years that you would say, God, yeah, that's nice. I must try to do something like that. Or is there anybody you particular fa- particularly favour? I'd have to say no to that, actually. In fact, if anything, I might have went the opposite direction in that, by getting into the blues, I wanted to go further back into the roots of the blues. Right. And getting into folk and singer-songwriters, same thing. So I would have been pulling a lot of my influences and I would have found more than enough to, to mine in, in all those areas. And to be honest with you, we were touring so much that we hardly had a chance to hear a lot of the new bands unless we were appearing on festivals with them. We wouldn't have had time to, to listen to radio or anything. We were just right. go, 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 you know, from hotel to sound check to club to restaurant mm. to hotel, sleep, eat, play. <laughs> uh, that's that's kind of the, the way that went. So we, in fact, I missed a lot of okay. bands coming up like that, you know. And I know that you've played with a host of different bands and individuals done through the years. And again, from your website, I see that status, status Quo would have been one that you played with. ZZ Top, Molly Hatchett, Walter Trout, oh, yeah. Stan Webb. I'm reading these off your website. Right, right, um, yeah. Dr. Feelgood. 
were they all great to work with, or were there were there some nightmares in there? Were there were there some exceptionally nice, decent people in it? Luckily enough, or I, I don't know, maybe it's because we're not looking for trouble or anything, but uh, we got along really well with probably all those names you mentioned. In fact, with Molly Hatchet, uh, that was a two-day festival in, in Belgium. Right. And we were headlining on the first night and they were headlining on the next night, but they were already in town. And some of the band came down and they got up and jammed with us oh. uh, with our gig, which was already wonderful. But then they told us the next day, they said, hang around, hang around, don't go away, you know? Right. And we thought, okay, don't know what's up. And we were supposed to go to France, but we kind of had about a day and a half we could juggle things around a little bit. So we stayed around anyway. And the next thing is during Molly Hatchet set with Danny Joe Brown, the, the famous lead singer, just turns around and says, yeah, we have some friends of ours here from Albatross and we want to come out and have a play with us. And uh, they invited us on to play with them. I met Brilliant. You, that was you know, absolutely that fantastic. So, yeah, we, we, had, we had just great experience. I mean, I'd, I'd need a night and a day to tell you them all, but... <laughs> um, is, is there a book? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm hearing this so many times really? lately that uh, yeah so I, I i might have to yeah i, I you know i have no idea as, really? as long as people like you are willing to to call me up and allow yeah. me this opportunity <laughs> to blather on and on and on but, we'll see but it, it's funny that you should say that and have you never sat down and actually thought well you know if i was to tell my 25 greatest stories or just pick 25 and say right i'm going to do 25 chapters in the book and off i go you could do it in double quick time yeah, you're right on the money. That that's basically what somebody said to me only about last week or something. So uh, this is this is strange that you should say. <laughs> I this. really, well, I don't know who that was. I can assure you, I wasn't in contact with anybody talking about a book from you. But, no, I uh, no, I don't get the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't but, think you're all ganging up on me. No. <laughs> but I, 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 I'll tell you this much: I'll buy it as soon as you write it. Okay. Well, thanks. And thanks we'll and we'll bring you. There's we'll bring one you order back. in at least. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like a man that's very content. Yes, I am. I am. I have to say, probably. Getting out of the business when I did, I always say, well, I'm still reasonably healthy and, and, and half sane. So as I said, I kind of did everything I set out to do. It's all just fun these days, you know? Yeah. Now, the song that we're going to hear is called My Hometown, Virginia. And I love the little picture that you have um, to go with it uh, of the old cars and just the, the yeah. you know, the street empty in better times, maybe. Somebody wrote somewhere that it was your most personal piece that you have written. Would you agree with that? Yes, of course, because, I mean, not only is it about where I grew up, that, that's already something, but it, it's my memories of, of growing up there, you know, memories of being a teenager and, and a lot of stuff happened to me. And even when I was touring, it was always great to get back to Virginia first to relax. And then it, it sort of recharged my batteries. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the stories I, I tell in the, in the song, it's a kind of a story song, as, as your listeners will hear. Right. Uh, those are all, you know, there were, there were milestones in, in my life for that, that's, that town kind of shaped me, I suppose. Okay. So in that sense, yes, I would think it's, it's, uh, probably, yeah, probably the most personal song I've written to date. Yeah. And you love being in Virginia. Absolutely. It's just, it's just a great town. Yeah. I mean, two things that were getting feedback from the song is, of course, everybody has their own hometown and probably has a lot of the same feelings, for their own hometown. Mm -hmm. 
And everybody has memories, you know, from, from growing up and from their teenage years. So the song seems to be triggering those sort of emotions okay. in everybody who listens to it, whether it's in Norway or Finland. And in fact, there was a guy contacted me the other day. He's from Japan. And he said he loved it so much that he pulled up Google and started searching for he, he walked through the streets of Virginia right. <laughs> via Google. <laughs> That's so brilliant. There you go. That's great. Yeah, uh, it's um a softer sound than some of your the, the rock and the R&B would have been. Is that because you just wanted to do something softer for the hometown or is it just, is it an age thing? <laughs> I was going to say I'm getting older. <laughs> yeah. Well, apart from that, I mean, I did do an acoustic album there just before this, but mm. you no, know, I, I, I think it's, it's most suitable for the story. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit, other people have picked up a little bit on set. It reminds them a little bit of Ralph McTell and the streets of London. Mm-hmm. And so I think, yes, that's the sound that probably suits the, the story best. All right. Well, we're going to take a listen to it. And with that, I will say thank you very much, Barry McCabe. I've enjoyed the chat immensely. And maybe at some point, in the future we'll get to have um, an extended chat it'd be nice to um, dig further into the fabulous life that you've obviously led you do it all again I presume absolutely in a heartbeat yeah yeah of course Uh, listen we'll enjoy this and uh, thank you for talking to us and good luck to you in the future whatever you do and can't wait for the book thanks (laughs) okay bye for now It blew up from Riverside And being young I didn't know to hide Pulled my coat up around my shoulder And pulled my cap down low Content to call this place my home Old mill has long closed its doors Nestle neatly along the river shore From a time that's long gone All the workers have moved on Yet the water, it still flows there every day I still call it home Even though I had to roam That's my hometown, Virginia Some things change and some stay the same The alley's closed But Sunday brings a game On the fourteens dog out and the parents come to shout Then it's home for dinner And off to school next day The VVS lies on Loch Rammer shore I went to school there And who could ask for more Give us lots of things to do Oh, well, lots of freedom too Like I say, who could ask for more? I still call it home Even though I had to roam 
That's my hometown, Virginia I remember knocking doors when Halloween From the church grounds with fishing line unseen Well, they tried so hard to catch us And we tried hard not to laugh If my mother'd known what she'd have blown the fuse Farmer's ballroom sadly is no more No more dancers jiving on that floor I remember playing there And then playing everywhere Oh, those early days seem long and packed with fun And I still call it home Even though I had to roam That's my hometown, Virginia That's my hometown, Virginia that's the lovely sound of Barry McCabe and my hometown Virginia, or Virginia, as he says at the end of the song. I would like to say a big thank you to PJ Curtis for arranging that interview. And I look forward to chatting with PJ Curtis, hopefully for one of these editions, one of the days. Anyway, that's it for this edition of the Emerald Conversations. If you've enjoyed it, would you please subscribe for more as they're released? And please feel free to share with your friends. I'd really appreciate that. Until next time, from me, Chair Sweeney, bye-bye.